If you've been paying attention, then you know that Street Runner has been absolutely killing it for well over a decade. He's produced for anyone who's anyone, including Meek Mill's recent What's Free featuring Jay-Z and Rick Ross. But I'm catching up with Street Runner today to talk about his work producing the Mega EP with Cormega. The last episode, you got Cormega's perspective on the critically acclaimed EP, and now you'll get Street Runner's take. He talks about how he'd been trying to work with Cormega back in the land speed days, how they put the Mega EP together, his approach to production, the story behind what's free, and much more. Hit the links in the interview to keep up with Street Runner, and if you haven't done so, go check the Cormega interview after you listen to this one. So Street Runner, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this interview and talk about the Cormega Mega EP. Um, loving the project, and I think a lot of other fans are as well. So first off, you know, just looking at it, it was a really nice surprise on December 26th. You know, were you happy with the final product and how it came out? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, surprisingly, um, you know, it, we didn't we didn't really set out to do an EP. We actually were just making records, and I wasn't really sure what Cormega wanted to do. We were just you know, making songs, and I knew it was going towards a project, but I just figured he was doing records with everybody. And, you know, next thing I know, he, he's like, yo, we got some really good music. Why don't we put together and put out an EP, just me and you? And I was like, shit, all right, cool. He's like, yeah, I just need like maybe one, one, one or two more, and then we could just... You know, because we have other records. We have probably like three or four other records that didn't even go towards this EP that we just had recorded. So I guess he wanted like a, a few more records just to add to the sound. And um, yeah, we basically, I fed him the joints. He knocked them out. And then I started putting the piece of the puzzle together. And sonically, it just sounded real smooth you know what i'm saying the first first record we actually made together was the joint with havoc oh wow yeah i don't know if i don't know if Quamega um ever shares this with anybody but there was a point where we were waiting for prodigy's verse so that's crazy that, that's you know sad but we you know we were definitely at one point waiting for that verse because we wanted it to be Cormega featuring, you know, Monty. So, but, um, yeah, other than that, you know what I'm saying? Like, the project came, I, I think it came out great. Um, I think it's, a, it's you know, it's short and sweet, but it's, it's, it's quality over quantity, 100%. Right. And, I mean, you, you look at Live Your Best Life, so, you know, you've been working on this project for a while. This isn't just something that was thrown together. How did you both manage to keep it under wraps and, and stay quiet on it? <laughs> you know, it's easy to keep it under wraps when you're just making records and you really don't know what we're going to do with them. So you're just making them. And there's and then it wasn't until like, man, I want to say maybe October... September, October, that Core Mega came up with the idea like, yo, let's put out EP before the year's up and just be, you know, we just, we just, me and you. And I was just like, word, all right. And in my head, I was thinking, damn, we got to make more music because we got, we got to do at least maybe like 10 songs. But like, he was more or less like, nah, let's, 
let's just, we got these few records here. Let's just put a couple more to it. And that's it. We're good. Like, and, and I was just like, all right, cool. I'm with it. So it ended up working out because um, we did have other records that had like, I, I won't even speak on it, but they had some big heavy hitter features on them and classic shit. And, but I could see where sonically it might've sounded a little different and it might've switched up like, you know, the, the vibe of the, of the project. Whereas this one right here has a, this, this project has a vibe, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so, so did you, did you feel like even if the, if that, those songs might've added like more streams or been more attention getting that it was more important to preserve the vibe of, of the five songs that you had and how, you know, you look at say no more and empty promises is such like a circular ending with the same beat, like to keep that where the tracks really flow well into each other. Yeah. Well, when you look at, uh, an artist like Quamega, you don't, you don't think like streams, you know, this is, this is like, like Cormega is falling in more and more into the category of, of legacy artists or iconic artists in the sense of like, you know, this, this is not his first go around, you know what I'm saying? And he's not like, you know, like the youngins who just base, uh, base their, their career off, like maybe a one and done heavy streamer. And, and I say it like, so like, I think Mega was more concerned with the body of work and it just being a classic. And not to mention, man, like, you know, you could probably see it for yourself, like, if you've been playing, but this guy's killing it with merch. Like, yeah. he's got Mega merch for everything. I mean, he's moving cassettes, like, he's slinging cassettes, vinyl, CDs, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats. <laughs> I think I saw some skateboards. Yep. Like, <laughs> He had he had skate decks. I mean, like like so like. But you know, that's 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 the beauty of what what we put together. Like people actually value it, value it enough to not just oh, I'm gonna just stream it. Fuck that shit. Now they're like, I'm a, I want I want a piece of this. I want to own it. You know what I'm saying? And to me, I, I love that. That's the that's the element I love because when when I'm a fan of something, I need I need to own it. I need to be able to hold it. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And I mean, you look at how, you know, you came into the game and, uh, you know, you, you definitely made splashes with your early production with Rick Ross. And um, I mean, you've worked with everybody who's somebody. And I mean, I, I, I love the work you did with Mega. It was was working with Cormega something that was always a goal for you and something you always wanted to make happen? You know, it, it's actually really funny because... Um, I've been a fan of Cormega since, since like, you know, I was a kid listening to affirmative action. I was a kid listening to Nas. It, it was written. And when Cormega came on, on affirmative action, I was like, yo, who's that? This guy's, this guy's a beast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, it was super dope. And then I caught him again on this, like, on this like Def Jam, like soon to be releasing, uh, artist compilation was like DMX, LL Cool J, and then Cormega. His name always stood out to me, Cormega. And then I think it was like Testament, like his song, The Testament. I was like, yo, this guy's fire. Like, affirmative action was one thing, but Testament was like a whole nother fucking fire ass record. 
so you know i i believe it was after the realness um after the realness dropped the album the album before that when i i was very on my early shit like brand new to the game trying to like get my beats placed and i remember going i think i was over at land speed or one of those labels he was with back in the day and i was trying to get tracks to him but you know i didn't know him back then and and i definitely uh the label definitely wasn't trying to help me so you know it is what it is but yeah of course like you know back in the day i was definitely trying to trying to feed him some heat because he was definitely working with a lot of my favorite producers when i was coming up and uh he had he had that sound that i loved so yeah it was definitely uh it was definitely funny how it came came uh right back around like that and it worked itself out so definitely cool and that was the time too you're looking at those lamb speed days when labels were were really shooting for big names it really wasn't until artists like 50 cent on get rich and die try and showed like you can get amazing beats without having like some like they don't have to be a platinum producer to make an amazing you know record and like you know right it's it's almost like you were just a little too early because i feel like if you had tried that a couple years later everyone was looking for that next producer after right a lot of like the 50 stuff went down yeah yeah i believe that yeah i definitely i definitely believe that i mean you know my my timing came when it came so i can't complain you know what i'm saying like you know that's you know i met fat joe probably uh i want to say I want to say like the next year or a year and a half after, you know, going to New York and like trying to like hustle and get on any projects I could while I was out there. Like I, I met Fat Joe shortly after that. And, you know, I, I haven't slowed down ever since. Ever since then, I've been just going. So. Yeah, you've had such you know, an amazing... It's all good. Like just, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane to think about the amount of tracks you've produced throughout your career. Like what really motivates you and keeps you just like, you know, going as hard as you do? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really ambitious with my music and, and just, just like I value it. I value the the fact that, you know, I don't have to work a nine to five. I don't have to be in a situation where I'm like, oh, I hate what I do. Like, I absolutely love what I do. And I love making music. I love making beats. I love being a producer. I love producing rap and hip hop music. You know what I'm saying? So like, to me, it's just a matter of having that, that, you know, constantly on my mind and, and constantly like film that. So, um, it adds fuel and, and also, I feel like I always feel like I could keep doing better and bigger. Mm. So, you know, that also helps helps out. Like, I don't feel like I, I accomplished all my goals. I feel like I, I still got a lot more to do. So, what more do you want? Like, what like what's what's the next big goal you're chasing? I mean, definitely chasing like a really really successful hit record. I definitely need that under my about like I definitely want to break the artist like through my production through like and I'm I'm talking about successfully breaking artists um you know that's definitely a goal of mine 
And then, you know, there's still some greats that, there's still some greats that I need to work with. Like, I've worked with Nas on a record that never came out. But I need to get a Nas record that drops. And then, you know, I was blessed enough to work with Jay on, uh, on on this this uh, Meek Mill album, but I would love to work with Jay on one of his albums. Mm. You know, um, you know, there's there's new guys like J Cole, Kendrick Lamar, like, you know, I've I, I I actually Kendrick has actually rapped over you know some of my beats, but you know, the, I want to I want to work on a Kendrick Lamar album. I want to you know, there's still so many guys that inspire me. Like still to this day, like that, I wanna, I wanna keep working and just try to like get there. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's a huge honor and and amazing to like know that someone like Kendrick like wrapped over your beats or let, that that Jay did and and all that. But like, it sounds like you really want to get in the studio and really like produce with the artist and and. Really oh yeah, like, of course. That's that's always the goal. And, and with me, like. People, people always ask me, yo, who manages you? Who manages you? How do you get all these placements? And I always say, yo, I do it myself. It's, it's all me. I know these people. I, I know these artists. I know I, I, I work hard. I, I make fire music. I make my play button is undeniable. I, I try to get in as close or as, as direct as possible with the artist. And, um, you know, that's how that's how we get these placements, you know. Bottom line, I'm in there with them, so you know it's always the goal to get in there. And it, and it really hasn't been a shortcut for you. I mean, people can look at your discography and be like, no. "Oh, that's amazing." But like, I mean, you've worked for where you've gotten to, and I mean, your your discography proves that, and and just the overall grind that you've shown. I mean, it's it's self explanatory, really. Yeah, like you can see it. I'm a I'm a marathon runner on my I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a 40 yard dash producer. I'm I'm I've been in this for the marathon and and just, you know, staying steady and and keeping up the pace and and always trying to push the the music culture forward. You know, like I I'm not I'm not like I'm not mad at where music's going. And I can embrace it. And I always, like, when people, like, there's always, like, see, this is the thing. Like, luckily, I came up when I came up because, you know, obviously I was too young to, like, be a super producer in the 90s. I was too young for that shit. I wasn't, you know, I was still in high school and, you know, whatever. But by the time it was, by the time we were into the 2000s and I was like, yo, I'm this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be producing, you know, by 2002, 2003, when I was pursuing it to try to get shit popping, you know, I, that's kind of where I'm coming up in the air. So I ride that fine line of like understanding the transition of where music's going and embracing it. And whenever somebody says to me like, yo, I can't fuck with these new kids. I can't fuck with these new rappers. I always say, yo, you just got to find the right ones because they're out there. Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of dope rappers out there. You just got to find them. And and your you know sound, what I'm saying? And your sound too, I mean, has continued to evolve to where 
new artists and vets all can find something that works you know how do you evolve and how do you stay fresh as a producer well I, that, that's the thing i keep my ear to the streets i i, I stay listening to what what everybody's on I, I i ride the wave but this is the thing i'm also heavily influenced by what i grew up on and when i was coming through like like one thing you can point out in music like if you listen to music all right so like in the 90s when you listen to production hip-hop it was very smooth it was laid back it was like this beautiful sound of like musical samples and clean drum breaks and you know just like well meshed together you know except for when you heard like Wu-Tang RZA he made it sound a little more gritty and gutter but you listen to Reasonable Dad you listen to Biggie it's like this nice meld of samples and like how they pieced it all together and then you just watch how it evolves and then you go into like the Dipset era into like the 2000s and you hear like the certain ambition and like the, the 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 sampling techniques and the drums start getting more cracked out and fiery and like you know what I'm saying and then and then now to the point where it's more like like when you hear rap there's this, there's a mixture of everything you know what I'm saying but then it's it's more you, I'm hearing like a little bit of generic because it sounds like a lot of carbon copy stuff. So what I just try to do is avoid falling into the generic category and continue to push the sound forward by hearing what is hot and applying it to what I already know to do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, because, you know, you, you, hear the, you hear one side of me, which is the mega EP, where you can hear, like, them drums... You know, but you'll also hear with those drums, even though it's like real drum break type drums, you're hearing 808s probably on some of these records, you know, but then you go to like Meek Mill's What's Free and you're hearing nothing but like the 808s hitting and, and like hi-hats, you know, flying and, and, you know, just a little more ignorant with the, with the sonics on it, you know what I'm saying? So, but you just got, you know, I feel like, I feel like it's just part of like evolving, you know what I'm saying? And these kids, these kids love 808s, man. And I, and this is the thing, I never not used 808s. I was using 808s on soul samples and you could probably co-sign that, you know, one night only is a soul sample with 808s, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, my other record that was a big single when I first came out, Terror Squad's Take Me Home. It's like so sample with 808. So nothing much has changed. I just evolved and continued to like embrace it and like make it bigger. Definitely. And I, and I think make that's, the sound bigger. I think that's incredible too because I was talking to Cormega about this. It's like, you know, how did you and Street Runner, when I was talking to Mega, find that? sound that worked so well here you know looking at you i mean do you think you surprised fans with the beats you brought on mega i don't i don't know <laughs> I, I i don't think i i surprised them i think that because like i've been i've been you know like some of these beats 
that that are Encore Mega's project, you know, I would have played for Meek Mill, I would have played for Rick Ross, I would have played for, you know, a lot of other artists in the game. So it's not like I stepped out my box, you know what I'm saying? I was creating these these records before, like, I mean, if you listen to what's on Mega's um, EP, and then you go listen to Meek Mill's Wins and Losses, the three tracks that I did on there can kind of be sisters, sister beats to like the tracks that are on Mega's EP, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think I stepped out my box. I think I was totally in my comfort zone. Um, I just have a very versatile sound and style to where like I can do that, you know what I'm saying? Like I can I can go there, I can touch touch that musical element of it and then I could come back and like do something that's like a little more I guess like modern to where sounds like, you know, what would be hot today, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I also don't think that when I go into a musical like musical hip hop sound, I, I feel like it's still modern today. I feel like I feel like it's just so classic that it's, it's it's just got that timeless sound that we don't we don't have to put a stamp on it of this is that date or this is that era, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and what kind of feedback did you get from your fans about the the Mega EP? Because I'm, I'm sure a lot of your fans knew Core Mega, but to some of your younger fans, maybe this was like you know discovering a new artist. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody, I mean, I just the you know comments that I get online. Um, I mean, it seems like everybody's embracing it. Like I'm getting a lot of fire emojis. I'm getting a lot of like, you know, I'm getting a lot of the you know these these tracks are incredible on here, you know, and and this is the thing like, what we did, me and Mega. You know, it's it's obviously not a mainstream release. So, like, this is, like, real core following, real core fan base that's going to be tapping into this. So my main thing was just to make sure that they was fucking with it mm. and embracing it. I, you know, if if he gets new fans and new new followers and new new growth from this project and that's that's beautiful that's a beautiful thing but i i just wanted to make sure we did something that the fans that he already had we we can't ever let them down you know what i'm saying so right. that's my mindset and, and looking at that you know how did you and mega work together because you both know what you're doing in the studio and you both have incredible histories so how do you really collaborate and compromise and, and both bring your vision to the table and make it work? Um, you know, he gave me the ball, man, and just let me shoot it. <laughs> you know, he, he was just like, he, you know, this process was well over a year and a half, two years in the in the making. And it was just basically, you know, Yo, Street, I'm into the studio. You got anything? Shoot it to me. And I would just shoot him, shoot him facts. And sometimes he would hit me back like, yo, I'm going to do this, this, and that with it. I'm going to kill it. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, just be quiet. So 
eventually like through that process we started to have like some nice records together you know the first one being the habit joint and then but at that time when we was working i just figured he was doing like you know one of those albums where it's just like a bunch of producers working on it and you know here i am i got that that heat rock with havoc you know what i'm saying so i wasn't really thinking about it and uh but when it came time that he was like yo let's let's do this ep he he was pretty much just like yo i'm gonna just send you send you what i got you do your thing and that's when i started saying like oh, we gotta put hooks on these we gotta figure this out so that these sound like records and like you know that's when we started really piecing it together but he left that side of creative control up to me you know what i'm saying and i tried to like skid out the album and have like skits in between the songs or skits coming off the musical musical intros and outros to like tie in the project together but like that was the one thing that he was like nah nah let's just let it breathe but it just be a musical music masterpiece with 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 nothing you know nothing to distract it from how how beautiful the music sounds so you know that's where I kind of met in the middle with him, <laughs> but cause I was, I was trying to piece it together like some, you know, back in the day, like how you would hear like a MF doom project or, or, or early Wu-Tang, like Ghostface joint, you know what I'm saying? Right, like with right. skits in between and shit, but you know, so, but like he, he, he was just like, nah, nah, let's just let it breathe. So that was it, man. Pretty much like that's where we, we, uh, kind of came together and you know he even left the synchronization up to me like the order the tracks played and you know i pieced it all together and it was he was cool like he <laughs> he was actually really fucking easy to work with like there was no like yo street i need you to do this i need you to turn my vocals up here i need you to switch this and nah it was pretty much like he 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 trust he trusted me with the music and and it being in my hands so that's, that's awesome. I fuck with him for that, man. And I really thought yeah. that the sequencing made a lot of sense. And I like how "Say No More" and "Empty Promises" ends with that. You know, how that same beat plays. I mean, how did that decision get made? Were you like, how'd you guys figure? You know, this would be a good look to do it this way. So he gave me a full song on the original beat, and then he gave me like a verse on extra verse and he was like yo i want you to take you know that that original that track right there but then make like a different version of it like a different arrangement to where it sounds a little different um so that I could like kind of piece together like for the for the project and i was like all right cool i could do that and that's when i i started like trying to get creative on how i wanted to put that together you know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, wasn't really, you know, I, I, I almost was going to like for that verse, I was almost going to make a whole nother track for it. But then, you know, I thought about like a classic album. I think it was, um, one of Jay-Z's albums. He started the album with, 
one with the, with the same beat he ended the album with, and I always loved that. Um, you know, I think it's the one where the two towers. He's next to the twin towers. It's the black and white cover. I forget which Jay Z album that is. Is that? Yeah. That's not Carter three. I think it's three. It's been so long since I've even yeah, listened to those Life and Times albums, like with the exception of one. But yeah. like, two and three, I kind of just like they they haven't had that replay value for me the way his other music has. So like, I just haven't gone back to that in a while. Yeah, it, it, it probably would be some dope shit on there though. Still, yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember one of those albums that had the intro in the beginning and then the, and then the outro, which was the same beat. But it was like legit the same beat. And he did like a verse on the intro. He did a verse on the outro. So I was totally cool with it. Like I embraced that. Um, like my mindset on that, you know. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty much the thought process behind that. Yeah, I thought it gave it like a real cinematic feel. To, like that, that was a nice touch, I thought. Because, I, mean, I, I, you know, it's, you don't hear that yeah. happening. So... I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's like it's it's like that that's the score to his movie. You know what I'm saying? And he talked about doing this like uh visual that all ties together. I don't I don't know if he's if he's still doing it, but at one point he's like, Yo, I'm gonna make a visual for each video and like, you know, tie them all together and I was just like, Oh, that should be dope. Um but yeah, it kinda makes for that for that that bed of music to be like the score of his visual <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah that would be incredible to, so, to see that yeah what, what was the biggest challenge sure. you faced making the project with mega what, or, or the biggest challenge you know production wise yo honestly i think with when you have like no expectations there really is no challenge like you know, he sprung up on me, like, by se- September, give or take. Yo, let's do this EP. I was like, cool. You know, then he tells me it's five songs. I was like, all right, we're there. Then, like, we're practically there. And then maybe, if anything, I was, like, telling him, like, yo, you don't want to put this record with, Cormet- with, with uh, I mean, Capone and Noriega that we just dropped this past year on there. And he was like, nah, nah, it won't, it won't be the same the same vibe like he wanted it to all be like that one vibe and i was like all right cool and then we had these other crazy ass records that are in the vault that was like yo this shit would really like get attention with this record on it and he's like nah nah Mm. this is gonna be solo i had that one record with havoc and that's it so Pretty much, even with me trying to talk him into like putting these extra records on, he was just like, "Nah, we good." So, so like, it wasn't like, like street. We come up with five more bangers in a month. <laughs> Let's go, like you know, like so. Like it was pretty much like, "All right, we, we're fucking good. <laughs> we're done. Let's see the vocals. Let me let me mix it because I had to mix it too, and you know." Um, I was a little concerned with my mixes, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm good with like, you know, Pro Tools and 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 engineering my beats. But I've never had a release where I produced it, mixed it, 
and mastered it myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that was maybe one factor that I might have been a little stressed about. Like, oh, what's this going to sound like when it goes to cassette or vinyl? Is it going to be right? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But luckily, it's hip hop, and we can like kind of fuck shit up a little bit, and it'd be cool. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And I mean, I think it's everything sounded great to me. I mean, I had no complaints. So okay, um, well, cool. So yeah, I mean, whatever you did, man, keep doing it because I liked it. And, <laughs> like when I talked to Meg about this too, I mean, it didn't sound like he was done. Like okay, we did this project. I got my Street Runner project done. I'm moving on. Like it sounds like that door is open that more collaborations could be happening in the future. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, we, uh, I think we, we did some, some really good music here and, and if it could go somewhere else and make another, you know, another, uh, classic for everybody, then, you know, I, I feel like, if anybody's capable of doing that it's definitely me and him you know what i'm saying so we, we could definitely get that done that that's incredible and you know looking at this i mean does this does does doing a whole project with cormega make you want to do more eps or projects with like a single artist and really take you know start to finish work on something yeah well i mean me personally i've always been a fan of like guys like Mad Lib who you don't really see them get like Lucy's on albums like you know that that single record on on an album that they produce but you'll you'll see them do like a collaborative project with you know like for example the Freddie Gibbs pinata mm -hmm. joint you know what I'm saying like and and like you know when when him and Jay Dilla did some or just the fact that Mad Lib just drops the instrumental albums, I, I, I always appreciated that um, element of of being a producer artist. I guess another guy who does it good is Alchemist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Alchemist. You know, Lord knows he's had his run getting on on fire ass albums and doing fire ass singles and productions for a lot of people. But like, you know, past as of lately you know you see him concentrating on like yo i'm gonna do my own thing put out put out these projects with these particular artists that i fuck with heavy and you see like it, it seems like to me it seems like a really cool life to be able to just live like that like having that constant creative control you know right. what i'm saying so yeah that's that's definitely dope i like to i like to I like to visit that world, you know what I'm saying? Because I still love making records on big albums. You know, that's that's super rewarding to to be able to get on, like, you know, Rick Ross's next album or Meek Mill's next album, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's always, like, super rewarding to me. But I like to, I like to be able to visit that world of, you know what, we're going to take full creative control on this and, you know, we're going to be able to put something together that we'll be able to sell physicals. Who cares what the streaming does? Who cares if there's a single? Who cares if we ever get on the radio? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's also very dope to be able to do. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And when you look at, like, what you have done recently, I mean, you look at What's Free with Meek. 
um, Rick Ross and Jay Z. You know, how did you flip what's beef, and how did you really pull that off and make it what it is? Well, it's funny because like I was talking about this on, on another interview earlier today, but like I seen some of the comments online where like people are like. Yo, all he did was take the sample, loop it, and and that was the beat. That shit ain't nothing. <laughs> I'm like, yo, fuck you. Like, I wish that was that simple. I wish I could have just sampled the intro, Biggie, what's what's beef, looped it up, threw my threw my drums on it, and call it a day. Like that shit would have been too easy. But like, l- l- literally, like every single version that I found of what's beef, even the instrumental had puff on the intro or, or I think Biggie ad libs on the intro. I forget what it was. So even when I went to that, the original sample that the Hitman used, like it was nowhere near the level of where they took it to when, when Biggie rapped on it. So and I remember, like, you know, just being educated on how these guys would produce. Like, they were musicians. Like, so they would take a sample, but they would play a lot of instruments on it. ease, take it to the next level. So that's basically what I had to do. I had to get these samples played, you know. So, you know, that's, you know, I, I, I have my mans play the sample and, and uh, do a complete replay so that the that sample so that the 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 keys sounded as close to the sample as possible then i got his session files mixed them to sound more gritty and and gutter like the biggie shit sounded and then when i had it as a two track then i, I was able to work the beat mm. you know what i'm saying so it you know the process and then my man Tariq, he played the the keys for the hook and like made it like more like cinematic for the hook and like, you know, other keys that came in, he added. So like, you know, it's a a fucking production, (laughs) you know, it's just as, it's, it's just as produced as any other record that I've ever produced. So. And you and Tariq Azu seem to have such great chemistry and like really, I mean, just pull off some incredible music. What's your process working yeah. with him and how do you two really bring everything to life? Well, the process with him was, you know, I met him a while back and he actually lives in France, but he came out to Miami so that we could like really chop it up and, and build and vibe. And, you know, just by being around him, not only, was I impressed with his music and his and his skills like as a as a musician, but like I fucked with him as a human, like he's just a dope person. I fucked with him. And we really bonded, we clicked and through that we started building and, you know, I eventually got like us like a placement together. I think I got us like around two to three placements and then I approached him like, yo, I really want you to be official and signed to my my company and uh basically you know at that point he he saw i was a stand-up dude in this business he saw that my hustle my grind was incredible he 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 already had a respect for me musically and as a producer so it, it was pretty much no question from there and then we just kept rocking ever since 